Hey, welcome along. We're at Harvey Norman in 130, singing a bit of meatloaf. Oh, the poor big fella passed away overnight. One of the greatest albums of all time, Bad Out of Hell. So that's sort of the theme of the show, remembering one of the greats of, uh, of all time, Meatloaf. I'm not sure whether Blairy remembers Meatloaf. Jared Blair joins us as he does on a regular basis, the coach of 130. Meatloaf, Bad Out of Hell, Blairy. Was, was, was that ever on the playlist for you? Uh, it, well, it was in a sense, I suppose, Rob. The old man used to have meatloaf spinning pretty much every day in the, in the chair. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So I know a bit of meatloaf, yeah. Did you, did you catch any of him playing before the 2011 Grand Final, Blairy? <laughs> no, I didn't actually. No, but no. I've heard a Lucky fair bit you. about it. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, took, it took a bit of focus away from the result. So I guess that's one good thing. That's one good thing. Uh yeah, one, one good thing for the Pies, I'd say, yeah. Maybe not so much for Geelong, but it was a, it was a good talk after his daddy's performance. Must have <laughs> no, no, question. Uh, this week, Sammy was pretty excited about the fact that uh, Penderbury's up for another yeah. year, Sam. Yeah, another Gippsland boy. will be uh, continuing on as uh, captain during... Uh, it was announced he'll be continuing on as captain during the week. Blairy, were you surprised to see that news now that Pendle, Pendles is into his mid-30s? Uh, not really, to be honest, Swatter. I think... Um, you know, from the outside looking in now, he's, he's still, for mine, the obvious choice. Um, you know, you don't get to 35 and, and lose your leadership abilities or qualities. Um, you know, there's always talk of handing over and successions and stuff like that. But for me, he's still probably the best man for the job. And um, he, he'd probably, you, you know, you'd like to think that by the time you're 35 years of old, you, you're continuing to add to your leadership. Um, you're learning every year, every week. Uh, and I think, you know, that's what probably Pendles has done over his journey as captain. He's, he's continued to grow as a person, as a player, and he's probably in the best nick he can be to be a leader right now. Um, you know, and I think he's still one of the best players in the side, which which also stacks up. Um, and what he brings to the table, you know, he doesn't have to be at his, his best every single week to be, to be contributing really solidly. So, yeah, it was an obvious choice for mine. And is he, is he, as you mentioned, that he's uh, very dedicated to his leadership and the mental side of things, is he as obsessed with his body and, and looking after himself um, as it seems for, from an outsider, mate? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You'd say he's pretty meticulous. He's, um, he's the sort of operator that you know, weighs his chicken breast and broccoli and um, <laughs> probably doesn't have the most exciting diet, but it is all you know, geared towards performing the way that he does every week and, you play the sort of footy that he's played over the last 15 years. It doesn't happen by accident, you know. It's, it's daily preparation. It's hour by hour. And that's the way he operates, and that's why he's one of the best players Collingwood's ever seen. Yeah, and I guess you might have answered my next question in some way, given that his preparation is such an important part. But what, what makes a great leader? What makes Pendlebury so good? What, what don't we see behind the scenes outside of his own preparation? You know, his connection with other players, his, his advice, his, his leadership on the field, obviously, by getting the ball. But what are the elements that make him a great leader, Blairy? I think, Rob, like reflecting on it, it's, you know, I played under, under Maxi and under, under Pendles. I think for Scott, it's just that the consistency of turning up and doing what he does. Um, you know, he's not overly vocal in, in you know, forcing it onto other people. I think he, he's pretty astute at grabbing the guy when they when they need it and dragging them aside and saying, hey, mate, you need a bit of a straighten up or, you know, how you going? Do you need a hand? Um, that's probably not, you know, like that's not the, the main element of his leadership. It's just, hey, boys, this is the way you do it. This is the way I do it every single day of my life. Um, 
and if you can, you know, pick a few things up along the way, it'll it'll set you up for, you know, to be a better player than what you were when you walked in the door. Um, yeah, just those little one percenters. Yes, I mean, like it's, yeah, you can call them one percenters. It's just he's religious about the way he goes about it. It's um, yeah. there's no other way to put it. Really, it's it's not a one percenter. It's just the whole lifestyle for him. It's everything's dedicated towards, you know, his leadership, his performance, and his family, and they're the three things that he puts all his time into. And and how do you, how does it compare to Maxi? What what was what were Maxi's kind of leadership qualities? What were his best leadership qualities while while he, while you were under him? Um, I think they were sort of. I mean, obviously, very different players. Maxi was someone who you know coming into the footy club, it was probably unknown whether he was going to forge a career or not. Um, but just through his own determination and hard work, um, sort of you know became a premiership captain of the footy club. Um, Maxi was, he's, yeah, him and Scott are a little bit different in a sense. Like he's, he was very aware of everyone's situation, Maxi. Um, and whether it was good or bad, you know, he, he'd make sure he was across it all and, and keeping guys on task or making sure everyone's okay. And he, he's the sort of captain who would um, go out of his way to help you. And that was on the field, off the field, whatever it was. But also too, you know, come game day, he was a, you know, pretty fearless, sort of fierce leader from the back line. Um, you know, he used to cop a lot of grief from the boys for his carry-on, but it was, you know, he was unashamed in the way that he played. He'd, he'd come off and he'd double-fisted over the boundary line probably when he could just take a, take a mark. But, um, <laughs> I think we could all sort of picture him coming off his opponent. Yeah. Uh, it really set the scene. And, and I think the success we had was sort of, I mean, there was talent everywhere back back in 2010-11. Um, but it, it was a lot of just coming from that rock, rock solid back six. They set us up and helped us sort of keep the ball in the forward line. Uh, and that was driven by Maxi and Heath and the team that they had down there. Uh, uh, Rob, I just want to mention while we're on the topic of Maxi, I, th- I think a, a lot of people seem to forget uh, a diving uh, kind of smother that he had in the 2010 grand final to get a rush behind off Nick Rewalt dribbling one towards goal. I think looking back, that's what kind of defines Maxi for me. And as a, as a youngster and as a big Pies fan, I think of that moment. And yeah, Maxi was a, I was a massive fan of Maxi. Just, just going back to Pendles, Blairy, do you think he'll follow a similar path to Bucks and, and move into coaching once his career's over? Yeah, I think it's, it's a pretty obvious choice for him, I think. Um, you know, he sort of said for years, and, and even when I was there early days, like, we talk about, you know, if he was going to go into coaching, that he'd want to go and do it somewhere else. Um, and I think that's, that'd be a smart move for him because, he, you know, he sees the game really well. He's very measured in the way that he delivers what he's seeing. Um, but having said that, I think he's well aware that, you know, if you, you roll out of Collingwood at 35, 36, or however old he is, well, he's, he's been there for 18 years, you know, like half of his life. Um, I think he'd like to go and gain some experience elsewhere and hear a few different voices. Um, Add to his craft, and yeah, who knows where he'll end up. I think he'll be, yeah, long time in the game for sure. Yeah, what about yourself, Blurry? Was there a time while you were playing that you thought that coaching was your go, or did it sort of just jump on you at the end? Or is it something that you started to think about, learn about uh, prior to the end of the career? Um, I, I sort of, early days, my focus was pretty much just trying to forge a career as a player. Um, yeah. And then, you know, as you go on, I was, I was, always sort of thought I'd step out of the system. I didn't want to try and hang on and be a development coach or be an assistant coach or whatever it was. Um, and, you know, having finished at 28, you're probably too too young for that really anyway, unless you go into like a VFL sort of playing assistant type role. Um, 
but I also was just pretty aware that I wanted to get out out of the the, the bubble a little bit. Um, it's a funny it's a funny industry, the AFL. It's it's all consuming sometimes, and you feel like everything about you and the footy club is is the whole universe, and you sort of get caught up in it all. Um, mm-hmm. It's nice to step out and you know try and coach a group of boys who have got other interests going on. They've they've worked from seven till five o'clock, you know, standing on a pitch roof laying sheets of tin. Um, yeah. And then you get them there at six thirty and, and try and get an hour and a half of work in. It's you're just balancing lots of different competing interests, and and I think you know early, like reasonably early, I sort of thought I'd like to go and see if I can do it at that level, and if you can put a few things together. Um, maybe look at working your way back up the ladder. Um, like early in my career, I was, I was lucky enough to have a couple of years with Luke Beveridge. Um, and I just felt like he was a really well-rounded individual. Um, had been away. I think he'd worked as a, as a tax accountant or something like that. He might have worked, he'd been in a government job. Yeah. Coached some beads. I think he coached him through from, you know, Divi C, B and A or something like that for, for three premierships in a row. Um, and that was, yeah, that sort of sparked my interest there. Let's go away and see see how you go at it um, and if it's something that really drives you or fires you then I'll just try and work your way back into the system yeah because it's only early doors in your coaching career but already you sort of get the sense that never say never as bad as stepping back into it in some capacity yeah you'd never rule it out um, like I, I, yeah I sort of really see myself trying to stick it out at one faggy long term I enjoy, I enjoy it there uh, we've got a great bunch of young guys um, and, you know, also I've got a young family too. I sort of see that all of a sudden you're spending your, your every waking minute developing other people's kids and spending time with, with others. And I, I'm well aware that I want to spend time with my own kids as well and you know, get involved with whatever they're interested in and, um, you know, just grow, grow up with them, I suppose, and not be consumed elsewhere. And just quickly, Blairy, going, going back to Pendles, who, who do you think the next captain is, just really quickly? Oh... Um, everyone's sort of spoken about Taylor Adams I think he's a, he's a reasonably obvious choice um, but you've got players like Darcy Moore coming through the ranks who's pretty well rounded guy um, I, I, yeah that's just sort of what why I think Pendles was the obvious choice still there's no yeah. one really jumping off the page for me alright all right. and Rob, Rob it's actually Blairy's wedding on Friday you'll, you'll be right to come on on, on Saturday after the wedding <laughs> won't you Blair <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll maybe we'll, go, we'll go, go live go live from recovery so I don't you want to broadcast yeah, yeah. from out here yeah. mate yeah. <laughs> actually we're just talking I'm not sure whether this is appropriate or not it might be obvious uh, we're just talking about uh, first ever girlfriends can you remember your first ever girlfriend or is your wife to be this Friday your first ever girlfriend well, it's funny because we actually dated in, uh, we went out in grade 5 and 6. Jess was in grade wow. 5 and I was in grade 6 at St. Joe's. So she was my first ever girlfriend. Well, we um, kissed behind the bushes at St. Joe's once daggy and then, <laughs> yeah, got back together at the end of high school. So she was always my, actually my first ever girlfriend. Uh, good story, Blue. Hey, mate, listen, thanks for your time this morning. All the best this Friday, mate. It's a beautiful day and it's uh, another another memorable moment, obviously, in the life of Blairy. And uh, we, we look forward to chatting Maybe not next weekend, possibly the weekend after. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how we go. Thanks, Alex. Good on you, Jared. Jared Blair there, uh, coach of One Thaggy, terrific bloke, former Magpie star, and getting married this Friday to his first ever girlfriend. Uh, you're listening to Sport, of all things. Uh, we're talking sport Saturdays in Gippsland, and we'll be back here at Harvey Norman Live, One Thaggy. Harvey Norman, One Thaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now. Live on SEM Track, you're listening.